Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, San Antonio Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Sam Boykin invites Michael Fresher, President and CEO of the Tobin Center for the Performing Arts, to share why San Antonio's state-of-the-art venue and performances are attracting attention worldwide. How are you, Michael? Good morning, Sam. Good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Glad to have you. Let's just jump right into it. I am new to the area, so I'm kind of learning about some of the uh, unique uh, assets here in the city, and one of those is obviously the Tobin Center for Performing Arts. So just hoping to get a little bit about uh, your background and how you got involved with that organization. So it looks like you have a financial background, but you've spent most of your career working for media, entertainment, performing arts type uh, organizations. Is, is that right? Sam, I got my start in the kind of entertainment business mm-hmm. uh, with Madison Square Garden in Connecticut. Right. So I, I worked with MSG uh, in their Connecticut operations running the Hartford Civic Center, the Hartford Wolfpack hockey team. And then the uh, we uh, built and ran uh, UConn, University of Connecticut's football stadium, Rentschler Field. So we had those three uh, assets in Connecticut that uh, I was involved with. And then uh, after MSG, I moved over literally across the park in Hartford to the Bushnell Center for the Performing Arts, where I was the CFO and then the COO. So I had both uh, titles there for another about eight years before being uh, introduced to San Antonio and uh, recruited to come down to build the Tobin Center because when ah. I got here, it was a construction site. Yep. Uh, to build this Tobin Center and then create the business operations uh, that would kind of power the Tobin Center to uh, uh, through its programming and, and uh, operations. Gotcha. So you started with the Tobin Center in 2013. Is that right? 2013, April of 2013, I, I took the position, started in May, and again, kind of had it this once-in-a-lifetime business opportunity where I had a whiteboard in my office that was blank. Okay. So there was nothing. Yeah. And, and when I got here, there was maybe two or three employees, and so I literally had the opportunity to draw the org chart. And awesome. so I you know, had the uh, whiteboard, and there's me and then a line and okay, so now I'm going to need, you know, VP of programming. I'm going to need an ops guy, a technical director, a marketing person, fundraising. And so I had the opportunity to build it from scratch. Is that what appealed to you? Is that sort of what, what lured you to, to San Antonio? Was that, was the opportunity to sort of start something from the ground up? Certainly that was part of it. I, I was at the point in my career where the CEO at the Bushnell was, was not going anywhere. And Mm -hmm. so I knew to make my next move, I needed to literally get out of the chair and move to some, you know, move into another city. My brother had lived here, has lived here for 40 years. So it was, I call it a soft landing Mm -hmm. uh, because I knew, I knew a little bit about the market and, uh, you know, certainly with his help got and knew my way around. And so all of those things kind of together, it was a risk. Uh, You know, you go into a new city uh, that's never had a performing arts center at all. Right. And um, will it work? If we build it, will they come? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think we've proven over the last uh, eight years that they will. Gotcha. And so the Tobin Center officially opened when? September of 2014. 
2014. Okay, gotcha. And to do that, we we were not smart enough to do one opening night. <laughs> we did 30 opening nights in a row. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I didn't. We what we didn't want to do is have an event that Kano had the red carpet and the searchlights and people in their tuxedos and kind of you know with 1,700 people and kind of ice out the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. So instead, we did 30 of those. And so we started with the symphony, opera, and ballet uh, in a production of the Celebration of the Arts, is what we called it. And so they were all on stage for the first time ever together at once. Mm-hmm. And then we comp- started, we followed that up with Leonard Skinner, Jason Mraz, uh, Renee Fleming, Citizen Cope. I mean, we just went through a whole list of genres of performing arts and music sure. and concerts and comedy for the next 30 days. And we finished that 30-day run with Paul McCartney. Wow. No kidding. That must have been a um, whirlwind 30 days for you. We literally got the keys to the building the morning of September 4th. Oh, no kidding. Okay. So the paint was still being dried. Carpet was still, you know, a little tacky. And we learned a lot about what the building could, couldn't do, and how we could operate it over those 30 days. So it was, we broke it in real quick. And tell me about the venue itself. It seats about 1,750 people, right? So we have three performance spaces. Mm-hmm. We have the HEB Performance Hall that seats in a regular rate theater seating capacity, about 1,750. Then we have the Carlos Alvarez Studio Theater, which seats, again, based on configuration, about 300. And then we have the Will Naylor Smith Outdoor Plaza, which is right on the river walk, and we can do about 1,000 people out there okay. uh, for a performance. And getting back to the HEB Performance Hall, it is equipped with a seating system that with a push of a button, all the seats are flipped into the basement. So that it becomes a flat floor. Oh, wow. Or it becomes a uh, cabaret style. So everything's tiered like you might right. see at a Vegas show. And you also offer like educational programs at the Tobin Center. Is that right? So we have uh, our education initiative is called Generation Next. Mm-hmm. And through that program, uh, through that that's kind of the umbrella of our education programs, which include uh, teacher development, includes uh, students coming to the Tobin for field trips and you know performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also includes having uh, sensory-friendly performances for the folks on the autism spectrum. We bring performances in so they can be here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot, we, we reach somewhere close to 45 to 50,000 students a year including COVID, particularly during COVID. We still continue to do uh, a lot of virtual field trips, if you will. We do a professional development program for teachers. Uh, We partner with the Kennedy Center in D.C., where we're actually teaching teachers how to use the arts to teach core curriculum. So not teaching the art for art's sake, but teaching history by using acting. Right. Uh, Teaching math by various, you know, playing with triangles and drawing in art. So uh, we're, we have five STEAM schools in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So uh, we put the A in, in STEAM, you know, a STEM school. Oh, sure. A in it. And so we have five schools that we partner with NEISD and SAISD uh, to, um, to put the A in their programs. And we're looking to expand that as well. 
And the Tobin Center is home to several local resident companies, correct? Right. We have six uh, resident companies and the three principal resident companies are the San Antonio Opera, the Ballet, and the San Antonio Symphony. Okay. Okay. And they take uh, approximately 280 dates a year in the building. And so I know you guys closed for about four months last year because of COVID and you reopened, I believe in June. Is that right? So we closed at the end of March. Yep. So we were closed for April and May, and then we reopened in June with uh, kind of movie nights and, you know, kind of a soft opening uh, to keep the community engaged. Sure. So how has the past year been since you've reopened? What's kind of your sense of the public's attitude about returning to live events and being among a crowd again? What's your feeling about that? We're kind of a little different here in Sam, you'll find out we're a little different here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so what my um, peers are doing on, on the East coast in New York or in the West coast in California and, um, and other places in between, we're kind of trailblazing. So a lot of venues across the country are not going to open until late fall this year, maybe the spring of next year. We're a nonprofit. We don't have the ability to be closed because that's, doesn't work for our business model. And so we just continued to create from whole cloth protocols and um, and safety sanitation practices Mm -hmm. that kind of the rest of the industry is now using. So we were using masks and social distancing and temperature scanning back in June of 2020. Mm -hmm. We weren't waiting to, you know, for someone to come tell us what to do. We just kind of went out and did it. Right. Uh, one of the advantages we had was that floor that I was explaining to you that we can kind of uh, configure any way we want. We were able to configure it so there were six feet of space between each row. Literally, the seats disappeared. They're gone. Mm-hmm. They weren't just putting, you know, we weren't putting tape across the seats. Right. We were making the seats uh, flip into the basement. So we we're able to put six feet of distance between each row. And then when we sold tickets, we sold them in such a way that we're able to put six feet between each patron group. So if you came in and you you had to wear a mask, you go to your seat, you're sitting with the folks you came with. Mm -hmm. And there's no one within six feet of you that you don't know. Okay. So that was, I think what that did was create a comfort level for the San Antonio patron base that the Tobin knew what we were doing. Uh, it's safe to go there. Uh, we had zero contact tracing um, COVID cases at the Tobin yeah. over the last year. And, you know, as we as we continue to look at what COVID's doing to our community now with the uptick, we continue to make changes and mod- and modify our protocols to make sure that people are safe when they come here. Sure, sure. Michael, how do ticket sales now compare to the pre-COVID days? We're seeing, well, let me, let me start with, and I was just going through this with our board of directors, from September 1st, 2021 mm-hmm. to December 31st, there are 153 days on the calendar. Yep. No, they're not. There's 152 days on the calendar. Okay. We have 153 events. Wow. Scheduled. So yeah. we are, we're jam-packed. And what we're finding is that uh, shows are selling very well, not pre-COVID well. Yeah will probably be somewhere around 70 or 80% of capacity for shows that maybe prior to COVID would have sold out. Gotcha. 
gotcha. I, I think it's, uh, you know, Sam, it's baby steps at this point. Mm-hmm. And how many people do you um, employ there? We're actually back to our pre-COVID levels. So we have 33 full-time employees. We have something like 60 or 70 part-time employees. We have almost 200 volunteers. And then, you know, depending on the show, we have the stagehand union that does the stage, you know, the the production work. Mm -hmm. We've got a a parking company that does all our parking. So on any given night, we could have close to 200 uh, people working at the Tobin. Tobin Center President and CEO Michael Fresher joining us. In our next segment, he reveals how and why Tobin Entertainment took shape when Texas Business Minds continues. This summer, Texas Mutual Insurance Company sent $330 million in dividends to policyholders across the state. It's our way of rewarding resilient businesses who never wavered in their commitment to working safe. More at TexasMutual.com. Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds, as Tobin Center President and CEO Michael Fresher joins San Antonio Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Sam Boykin. I know that you recently launched Tobin Entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, I think I have this right, it books and promotes events at, at venues across the United States. Correct. Correct. How is that venture going? So we launched Tobin Entertainment a couple of years ago when we started to bump into our own resident companies and we had date conflicts. Right. We would get a call for a show and we couldn't book the show because the symphony was here or the opera was here and the ballet is here. And, and frankly, that's what the building's for. And so we would just send them across town to another building and say, call them and, and maybe they've got an open date. And mm-hmm. then it occurred to us, well, why don't we make that call? Mm-hmm. Why don't we call that other theater? We'll keep the show, but we'll do it over there. Mm-hmm. And so um, we did that around San Antonio for quite a while. And so we kind of started exploring options to do things in Houston and Austin and Dallas and Midland and Corpus. And so that started to expand. Uh, And pre-COVID, we were operating like that in 40 other cities. Through COVID, we don't sit still well here at the Tobin. (laughs) So through COVID, we're now in 77 other cities across the country in 29 states where we have shows that in many of those cities, we are their first show back mm-hmm. because they're perhaps they're not staffed up yet. Uh, maybe their booking or marketing teams are not prepared to, you know, kind of kick into gear. So we're doing it. We also buy entire tours. So the Stacey Abrams tour is a perfect example of a tour that we bought the entire, all the dates. Mm-hmm. And then we are routing it across the country with our partner venues in different cities. I see. Okay. Okay. And more recently, locally, Tobin Entertainment is partnering with the Real Life Amphitheater that is in Schertz, uh, Texas, just north of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a 19,000 seat outdoor amphitheater that has been closed for about seven years. And we are in the process of relaunching that probably with a pretty good schedule for the spring of 22. Okay. And didn't you also land a deal with the amphitheater in Selma? That's the one. Selma Insurance. It's it it's it was previously known as the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, uh, and it was owned by Live Nation. Live Nation sold the property to the church and had a provision that they could not compete for a number of years 
as part of the uh, purchase agreement. And as soon as those years were over, we engaged with uh, the folks at the church and uh, have worked this out, worked out an agreement for us to help with the booking and the ticketing and everything else that needs to be done to, to launch that. So I know you don't have a crystal ball, but sort of looking forward over the next year or so, what would you say is your is your biggest challenge as CEO of this organization? Wow, Sam, uh, didn't wasn't the last year enough of a challenge? <laughs> yeah, you want me to throw something else at me? You know, I don't have a crystal ball, and I often tell my staff that as of you know this hour on this day, this is our plan because it keeps changing. I mean, right. all through COVID, it, it completely changed, and we are fortunate enough that our board allows us to be very flexible and very nimble in the way we run business operations. They, mm-hmm. they have the trust in our professional staff to do what we need to do to keep this thing on the rails. And we've kind of proven that out, certainly over the last uh, 17 or 18 months that we've been in the middle of this. Getting people to come back at the performances, uh, I think is going to be based on what the performances are. I mean, sure. I don't know if people are going to be open to exploring new acts but they'll certainly come out for the Americas and the Pat Benatars, you know, the things that they know. Yeah. One of our biggest challenges, and it's, it's not just going forward, it has been, is getting people to understand that we are a nonprofit mm-hmm. and that we are the home of six resident companies uh, at the Tobin Center. And we have a fundraising a requirement to be able to continue to make the building uh, a world-class venue for them. And so one of the challenges that we have is just kind of, fundraising in a time when people are more worried about, and rightly, you know, the humanities type uh, issues and feeding people and homeless people and and uh, COVID. We've kind of kept quiet uh, because we know there's a bigger need out there than, than what our needs are. Uh, but as we start ramping up here now and into um, 22, we need to start telling our story that culture needs the arts. Without arts, you don't have culture. Yeah. And, you know, our new tagline is uh, the Tobin is where the arts live in San Antonio. And so uh, it's important that the, the community understands that. Michael, any upcoming shows or events that you'd like to mention? We've got a ton, Sam. Um, you know, like I said, we've got Pat Benatar, Herbie Hancock. We've got America uh, coming up in the fall. We've got our Broadway series is launching. We're very fortunate so far that shows are not canceling because of COVID things. We are looking at what the industry is looking at. And there's a lot of venues across the country that are requiring vaccination cards or uh, tests. So we're taking a good hard look at that and, and weighing that with Texas and to determine you know what can work. We have a great comedy series this year. We just, we've done a, a couple already and we've got a few more coming. We had Fluffy. We have so many shows coming up here and across the country. It's hard to keep track, but certainly TobinCenter.org. People can go out and see what we've got coming up. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good shows, and it's a very safe place to be. Do you have a favorite show or event that you've seen at the Tobin during your time here that really sort of stands out for you? The greatest show I never want to do again is Paul McCartney. I was getting ready to say, I mean, to get an ex-Beatle, that's that's huge, right? I think we're probably, Sam, the only building ever in the country, maybe the world, to do Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr in the same week. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're kind of at different areas of their career at this point. Sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, Paul McCartney did the Tobin the night after he did Dodger Stadium. Wow. 
So it was an incredible get for us. And, and part of that was a very willing board to, to uh, help finance something like that because we wanted to open the building with a bank. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that what that show did for us was when our booking folks were calling agents and promoters and, and touring companies and having to explain who the Tobin was in the early days. Mm-hmm. As soon as we had that show, we started getting phone calls. Mm-hmm. The information flow flipped. And um, we actually got the morning after the McCartney show, we got a picture uh, from an agent in Midtown Manhattan that on the elevator, there's a video screen on the elevator and it has news and has weather and things like that. And it said, McCartney rocks the Tobin. I had a picture <laughs> of McCartney on our stage. And he's like, you're worldwide now. And yeah. So that was, a, that was a turning point for us. It was a great show. You know, even meeting McCartney, you know, before the show, he was so gracious to, you know, folks and our donors that helped support that show that uh, it's the greatest thing, but it was so much stress. Sure. That it, that it's the greatest thing I never want to do. <laughs> okay. All right. Fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to mention, Michael, that I didn't ask you about? No, I, you know, just uh, Sam, if, you know, one message I'd like to get out to the community is please support the arts. Please support the symphony, the opera, the ballet, the Guadalupe Cultural Center, you know, the San Antonio Museum for Art, all those folks that have been decimated by COVID because they can't open their doors or they can't perform. And a lot of dollars are going to very needy causes across the city and across the state. And I get that. But at the same time, if we want to have performing arts and cultural attractions in town, we need to support them. And uh, as people start emerging from this fog, uh, you know, whatever they can do for those resident companies or any of the arts uh, community in town, I would just urge them to do that. Well, Michael, thank you for your time. I really uh, appreciate it. Well, Sam, welcome to San Antonio, and I look forward to, uh, to meeting you in person. Thanks again to Michael Fresher, President and CEO of the Tobin Center for the Performing Arts, for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals, and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.